0: Hi, and welcome to the Sales Enablement Pro podcast. I am Shana Mauang. Sales enablement is a constantly evolving space, and we're here to help professionals stay up to date on the latest trends and best practices so they can be more effective in their jobs. Today, we're joined by Cameron Tanner, who leads sales enablement for strategic accounts at Amazon Web Services. Cameron has several years of experience working with sales leaders to help drive productivity and empower sales teams. Hi, Cameron, thank you so much for joining us again today. One of the things that I wanted to talk to you was about the topic of sales enablement practitioners getting a seat at the executive table. There's been some research, including our own Sales Enablement Pro State of Sales Enablement Report for 2019, that indicates a lot of sales enablement practitioners are now reporting directly into the C-suite, or reporting into a representative that reports directly into the C-suite. From your perspective, do you think that it's important for sales enablement to have a seat at the table, or do you think it's okay to have that position go up through a sales or marketing executive?
1: I am so passionate about this topic. I've ac- I've actually reached out to the folks at Forrester and Sirius to see if I can help them um, with like a thesis around why we're seeing that trend. I think there's not, um, it's all well and good that Sirius and Forrester are producing research saying, hey, we're seeing this trend. Um, try and dig a few layers deeper and you, you won't find why. Mm -hmm. Um, And I was like, you know, you can't throw out a stat like that and then not give any justification as to why. Um, So I could give you a list of 30 or 40 examples of why um, I don't think belonging in sales operations is the right thing. Mm -hmm. Um, And I'm not there yet with kind of um, the, the, like the right, um, academic reasoning for, for the approach. Um, but I can tell you some, some friction points that, um, uh, are on my mind for why, uh, org structures is super important. Um, and I wish I could, could bring up a list. I, I, I would. Um, so, so the first of all is it's important to note that, um, at least in Amazon, and this is, this is, uh, Something that you'll see in large enterprise organizations, um, so I'd probably say I'm talking about the enterprise at the moment when I when I say this, is that often you have um, a centralized training and development function. Mm-hmm. Um, said differently, you have a um, center of excellence that is, uh, you know, they will own the technology budget, they will own um, content development and creation, program design. Like overall program design, um, maybe global certifications that um, that the organization needs to have. Any transformational type strategy, you know, like um, you know, we want to be better at compete as a company, or we want to be better at, you know, engaging um, a certain buyer persona. Right? You will find that center of excellence owns um, that that content. Um, but in in enterprise, when you have uh, 50 plus sales organizations, whether they be in Korea or whether they be in the UK or, you know, um, st- the central region of the US, you've got different market conditions. Um, and that center of excellence um, is kind of can't cater to everybody's needs. And so you end up having practitioners, which is like me. Um, so I'm like the primary care doctor. For my for my sales leader, right? Um, I'm not the specialist. I'm not the center of excellence. I don't know all the expertise you know that that may be required for her. But I'm I'm the embedded leader. Um. So with reporting structure, if I am in if I am underneath the sales leader, then I am implementing infrastructure that. Uh, can be critical to the long-term success of that business or of the organization. Mm-hmm. And in the event of a downturn, and as we've discussed, sales leaders will focus on just getting more from less that they will push performance and they will push activity before they will push design and infrastructure and, and, and programs that are, that are increasing, um, like competency if you wipe out your infrastructure in a downturn i think it really puts um puts uh the entire company at risk um and that's if you you know your training function is under your sales leader they're going to go hey well uh i've got a downturn um what's what's disposable my, my like middle-of-the-range sales rep or my middle-of-the-lower-range sales rep or my, you know, my training guys. Uh, I think as an observation, you'll see that they will, um, and people know this in the industry, is that um, if there's a downturn, you see a retraction in, in kind of enablement and training. Um, I think that's incredibly risky for a CEO, mm-hmm. particularly when we're not talking about training anymore. We're talking about organizational productivity and organizational effectiveness, your sales leader will make that decision to say, I need more headcount, or I need to remove headcount, keep my existing headcount, what can I get rid of that's sparing, in order to get activity. Uh, That's very risky because the CEO is building a long-term business. Mm -hmm. The sales leader is trying to achieve annual, annual revenue. Um. So, the, the primary reason that I think that enablement is trending towards to uh, reporting to the CEO is the CEO is the one that needs to be accountable to whether or not they take out um, critical infrastructure that is standing up the sales organization. Um, That would be like the the number one thing. And number two is a sales enablement leader may have, may present findings that the sales leader needs to improve on or the sales managers need to improve on. It's like telling, telling someone they've got an ugly kid, right? You you just don't do it. (laughs) It's never going to go down. It's never going to go down well. Right. Um, And a lot of times it's really important for the CEO to know that because, um, and you'll see in the industry, there's a lot of, um, research around why is investing in manager enablement and leader enablement so important because it starts at the top. Right. And so if the enablement leader can't reveal findings that are, could be interpreted as, um, controversial, Mm -hmm. um, Enablement is not really uh, fulfilling its, like, its charter because it can't reveal the insights that the business needs to hear. Um, and the third thing I would say is, if you speak to a lot of um, enablement leaders around, um, you know, why they're not more successful, is they'll say um, they didn't have, they have a wonderful strategy But they don't have enough sponsorship resourcing or budget in order to really transform the organization um and so if you look at like uh when enablement is reporting into a sales leader they have to decide do i get one more rep or do i get one enablement person and if that rep is you know bringing in four to whatever 15 times revenue i I, it's going to vary from company to company like that's a really hard decision for the sales leader to say i'm going to put one rack in in operations versus one rack in my sales field when it could be a rep and so you'll constantly hear enablement say you know i'm getting like the i'm getting the um the, like the, the leftovers, but you know, they want champagne results with a shoestring budget. So that's not fair on the enablement leader. You're, you're going to handicap the enablement leader by saying, Hey, you kind of get whatever's left. Um, you're not really like truly providing the, the, the amount of budget, um, sponsorship or, or, or resourcing. Um, And so it's no surprise that the enablement leader will can regularly or get sub subpar results. Whereas if you go to the CEO and you say, Hey, look, this is what you want. And this is what the board wants. And I am considered an objective um, partner to sales. I'm like a consultant to say, Hey, I think I can get you there but I need the following things to get you there. I think you're going to see organizations that have um, a safer organizational structure um, achieve better results because the CEO can go, hmm, know, okay. I'm more connected to the transformation that you're driving. Um, those are just a couple of the things. I, I am a firm believer uh, that the, practitioner needs to report into the CEO. So in large enterprise organizations, I think you're going to start to see a trend in which you will have a, um, like, I don't, I, in a lot of ways we're like consultants, right? I think if you're in, if you're in sales enablement, you will have a, a senior leader who's responsible for organizational transformation or sales transformation, sales productivity, performance, whatever it may be. And then you will have a, a training and development organization that sits within sales. And I think your transformation experts will report into the CEO, but your training function or your, um, like a lot of your centralized operational function will still exist underneath sales. Because in order to get true transformation, I think you're going to need those people um, going into sales. The fourth is that um, the enablement grew up Um, in sales operations. Mm -hmm. And it grew up because they said, the sales leader said, hey, look, I need, I've got all these insights about my business. I'll just put some resources um, over there. And what you'll see in large organizations now is um, that enablement is uh, like the sister child, the sister or the brother to to operations. But Mm -hmm. operations is still getting four times the head count and the analogy that I use. And so you have um, senior leaders now that had, you know, 30, 40 years of operational excellence. They themselves, and you asked about, you know, how do you get sponsorship from the sales leader? You still need sponsorship from the operations leader. And the operations leader may not also quite understand enablement either because it's a new function and mm-hmm. and the analogy that i that I, I i gave this with our um one of our sales operations leaders recently uh well i'm probably going into territory if it's too strategic essentially there was a, a strategy that said let's make sure that we give sales leaders all the insights they need um in real time to manage their business right that's a lot of operational leaders would, would be trying to do that and i said to them your sales leaders our sales leaders already have a hundred data points to try and transform their business they are in insight overload and i i said they need help to know how what are the right le- levers and programs that can change the outcome the last thing that I think sales leaders need more of is more insights about their business, right? Mm-hmm. And I can only imagine what it's like for someone to be saying, "Here's a hundred insights on your business," and you're like, "Whoa, you know, which data point am I looking at?" And and I used this analogy with my sales operations leader. I said, "I love I love what you're trying to do." I said, "Do you know that?" a wearable about the number of steps that you take doesn't actually help you change your diet or it doesn't actually get you to go to the gym an extra time per week or five times per week. And it doesn't actually get you to develop the body shape that you're really happy with. And I said, I love the fact that a a wearable gives me all the insights about my, now it's my heart rate, it's my steps, it's like my movement and it can give me all these really wonderful insights in real time about me as a person. I still need a personal trainer for me to help me hit my fitness goals. And I can tell you what, if I bought somebody a wearable for Christmas or 12 months worth of personal training sessions, which person and i gave two people a different present one was one was a wearable or one was a personal trainer which person would i bet a million bucks on would get better results and you're smiling cuz you you know when you <laughs> when you say it like that right yeah and it took me and his his eyes lit up when i said that and i said our sales leaders need personal trainers to help them hit their hit their fitness goals, they don't need a wearable telling them or reminding them that they suck and they're not, <laughs> <laughs> that they're not hitting their goals. Um, and, and I think what we're seeing is a, a lot of sales operations leaders are really obsessed with the real-time nature of data at the moment and our sales leaders are still human. And they need somebody that can help transform them and hold their hand to hold them accountable, that, that builds programs that are right for their body type, for their fitness goals, for the kind of um, competition that they're training for, um, you know, all those sorts of things. And, and that's the enablement function, right? Um, and so why do I see a trend or, you know, thinking about reporting, reporting structure? Even our VPs of sales operations and our senior sales operations, they're thinking, how do I give them all the data? Uh, I'm thinking, how do I give them the, the, the personal trainer and the coach that can help transform um, them into the ideal fitness shape that they want to be in? Um, and our senior ops leaders are investing four times in giving them data and a quarter in giving them personal trainers that can help them hit, hit their goals. So um, that, that's, that's something that I think that we're still kind of handicapped on because a lot of companies are thinking give sales leaders more insights rather than personal trainers.
0: Thanks for listening. For more insights, tips, and expertise from sales enablement leaders, visit salesenablement.pro. If there's something you'd like to share or a topic you want to know more about, let us know. We'd love to hear from you.